Hello and welcome to With Relish here on the Headstuff Podcast Network. I'm Aoife Allen. And I'm Harry Colley. We're a fortnightly food podcast looking at Ireland's culinary industry and identity with a focus on the individuals that make it up. You can listen to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like the show, please make sure to hit subscribe and write us a review or even better, tell a friend. Make sure to also check out our new Instagram page at With Relish Podcast for more info on the show. Today in the show, we are... Like having the chats, having a chats, having a little celebration, having a little catch up and a chat and a celebration because it's our birthday. Yeah, yeah, it's our one year anniversary, baby. Thank you. Hasn't it been divine? Congratulations to us. Congratulations to us. And well, absent done. Ian, who's not. Yeah, in the I'm room sorry at the that moment. Ian's not here to yeah. party with us. Um, but it was all his idea anyway in the first place. So yeah, it's funny to think back to probably a year and a month ago. We, you and I, were talking about um, doing a podcast about food, and we kept talking about it. And we'd actually made a plan to meet and talk about it properly, hadn't we? Totally. But I always thought that it was just pub chat, and yeah. two people just liking the sounds of their own voices too much. And I was yeah. like, "Everyone's got a podcast." Yeah. And then out of the blue, we got an email. Hey, you want to do a food podcast? <laughs> like, what? How does this happen in and the world? Just somebody facilitated it for yeah. us. That was incredible. That and was somebody so wonderful. Thank yeah. you, Ian. Thank I'm sorry, you, Ian. And happy anniversary to, to Ian as well. Yeah. Um, before we launch into talking about the year that we've had on the podcast, mm. I want to know what you were doing at the weekend because it's a lovely food related summer thing. Yeah, so it was lovely. It was so great. So I'm just back from uh, Inishir on the Aran Islands and it's the smallest of the islands and every two years they hold a I, like I, I'm, I'm hesitant to call it a festival because they don't call it that at all oh, okay. it's a kind of arts and cultural biennial a biennial a biennial you say. everybody That's it's what not a festival it's a biennial <laughs> so get that straight before you go around calling it a festival Absolutely. right don't go, don't careful now festival. Yeah. so it's like it's arts and culture and it's food and uh, it is um, run by a very talented woman called Mary Nally, and she asked the Fumbly since the very start to become involved in the event. Um, and so they were doing in various forms food on the Sunday morning. Okay. Uh, and this year they weren't able to do it. And I was with them the last time. So I was with them in, in 2016. And then yeah. this year uh, the Fumbly weren't able to do it. So I was able to take over that role and it was great. Delicious. What you cook? We cook chilaquiles. Oh, tell the people at home about chilaquiles. chilaquiles. It's probably my favourite Breakfast. breakfast. It's yeah, just the there's best. Nothing I was like thinking it. at the time when I was chatting before about it, Mary had kind of said, do you know, like if you want to do something really easy, just do bircher. Do you know, you can do bircher bowls. And I was like, like. <laughs> Sorry, Mary. I know, no. <laughs> it, when, like, it's like, I get it, bircher is easy, but I would be livid if with with somebody who fed me bircher. Yeah, especially if you're having a big, <laughs> I know it's not a festival, it's a biennial, but you would be hanging maybe. It's a party weekend. Of the morning, well. it's there's a party weekend. About, yeah, and, and you're just like, where's the grease at? Where are my eggs at? Yeah. No, no, no. I've got cold soaked oats cream instead. <laughs> You're going to feel vital after them, okay? You're going to be regular. <laughs> <laughs> but so I no, did Nice idea, it, but which is that's like better. Brilliant food for zombies. I'd had it mm. first actually in the Fumbly as well. Uh, it was one of those dishes that Jessie, who was a Mexican chef who worked there, she brought with her. Yeah. And then it kind of evolved itself. Um, it's Mexican breakfast. I had it a lot when I was in Mexico as well. It is a pile of spicy black beans on the bottom with a mountain of crispy corn tortillas on top. Yeah. And in Mexico, they would stew those out of it so they get quite yeah. soggy. We don't do that here because I think people get upset with soggy um, yeah. tortillas, but they're actually delicious. Then it gets like rained down on with cheese. And then there's tomatillo salsa, there's pink pickled onions, there's a buttload of coriander. You do a burnt salsa for it, don't you? I have stopped doing that burnt salsa in lieu of my tomatillo salsa. Okay. Because... When I came back from Mexico and I learned to do a tomatillo salsa, I was like, 
whatever with your brain. Mass Authentico. Mass Authentico, exactly. <laughs> Espero que es Mass Authentico. <laughs> and so now I do like the tin tomatillos with uh, roasted jalapeno peppers oh, and rapid. garlic and loads of lime juice yeah. and um, coriander. And it's just like, like alive. Do you it's know? magic, it's like yeah. totally alive. It's and beautiful. I think it's something that anybody could lash together pretty easily at home. Like there's loads totally. of things you can sub in. Yeah. Go to Tesco. You've done them for your classes before. I have. You did for the gals in... I've done salsas. Okay. And things on... T- oh, maybe, maybe I did, t- I actually. Maybe I told you to do them. I, I did a sort of nacho Because I was ones. doing yeah, one at right. home before. I remember I was doing one or yeah. I was just using like even the um, the like lightly salted ones that you get from Tesco. Exactly, like, yeah. Just crack them out. Just start with that. that. Yeah. yeah. And, it was and then a fried egg on top, right? Yeah, and a fried egg. Did we talk egg. about a fried no, egg? Yeah, oh, like fried divine. Egg well. yeah. It's so delicious. So brought a team with me of... of, of Sessioners, to be honest, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> a team of all legends, yeah, and um, to the and biennial, so, and so we cooked <laughs> on the rocks in the morning, and it was just wonderful. Like the yeah. weather played ball again. Like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just the last um, time Harry went wasn't. to um, to drop everything. So that would have been 2016, right? Yeah. Uh, he came back with the most sunburnt back I've ever seen in my the life. Worst sunburnt of my life, and yeah. we were not long he had to working get together. Off at that his, time. yeah, he had to take his top off, and I had to slather it up for him to save him from. Didn't you put potato on my back? I put potato starch. I cut a potato in half and dabbed it all and over my back. And my back. Yeah. And we thought that that would be a thing that worked. And it actually did. A little trick I learned when I fell asleep in the sun in Tel Aviv uh, about 10 years ago and got really horrifically burnt just on one side of my yeah. body a couple of weeks before my sister's wedding. Isn't it mad? What so it was, just, it was just two different colours. Yeah. But yeah. it was... It, that worked as well. That was the thing that I was actually quite suspicious of. I thought it was just like any old wives' tale in any country yeah. where whatever is the closest, most ubiquitous vegetable will be yeah. the thing that you do. Let's just put it on that cut finger. Exactly. Broken arm, put a potato on it. But it worked. It totally worked. It was like the starch. Gangrene, kinda, put a potato on it. <laughs> the starch, when it kind of dried up, created this layer between the burn and your the fabric of your t-shirt or whatever yeah. you're wearing and then it stopped kind of the... A, a, a the, non-chafing crust. A, a non-chafing crust, exactly. Is what it's called. Ideal. Cool. Okay. Well, so welcome really, back. Thank you so much. I'm did glad you do anything well. lovely over the weekend? Uh, I did. I had a lovely time. My fellow was over from London. Uh, we went swimming in the Bull Wall. We went to Beshoff's for the Scampi and the Chips. Lovely. Yeah, loads of stuff like that. It was great fun. Up to the Grave Diggers. Yeah, good old Dublin weekend. Uh, yeah, really nice. Diggers who and are glorious here as well. Grave Diggers who we're going to revisit today. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Um, let's roll on with the show. What we were thinking was that it would be nice to revisit some of our favourite guests. Not that yeah. we had any non-favourite guests. Everyone who's been on the show so far has been an absolute legend. But we thought it might be nice just to go back to a few of those guests, reminisce about what they had to say. And yeah, just kind of have a chat about the year that it has been. Yeah. So we had lovely one of our earliest guests. Our very first guest. Our very first guest yeah. in studio. In studio. Oh, in that's studio. Correct, this is right. Was yeah. Michelle Darmody. Yeah. We had we'd done a couple of phoners before that. And yes. Man, they were awkward because we didn't were, know what we were doing. That was terrible. Hello. <laughs> Should we say something now to this person who that we was just true. invited? So Michelle was the first one in experience at that time, <laughs> Michelle was working with uh, at our table. And yes. She was talking about um, providing cooking facilities for people involved in direct provision. But I have to say, Michelle also talked about setting up her own business and that was the moment when my dream of having my own food business died. Just died. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. died because this is what she had to say. And what was the hardest thing about setting up the business? I suppose the work, the amount of physical work and the not escaping. Yeah. The, um, you know, it's always, always with you when you run a small business. The first two years were hell. I, well, for one, no, I'm not like, okay, that's probably too dramatic. Yeah. But the first two years are extremely hard work. They always okay. will be, I think. Anyone I say, like, unless you have this absolute determination for two years, it's not for six months. Mm-hmm. You know, you work so hard getting the place 
done and the tile's in and the plumber in and the electrician doesn't turn up and all of that stuff is done and then you just want to go and sleep and then you have to open up Actually the next day yeah. and that's when it starts so you're like yeah. so you just don't have that kind of like oh well, I'll just take a week now and yeah. relax and then maybe start making some cakes next week Relentless. so you're just yeah, yeah it yeah. is but then again it's you know it's it's you then it's it's your thing it's yours, yeah. So. Yeah, that was the interview where dreams go to die, wasn't it? I just went, screw that. Yeah, Actually, <laughs> but, um, maybe I'll, I won't own a business. Maybe I won't do that thing. Mm. But um, no, Michelle was great. Um, she was super open and honest and she made a really, really good job of cake and slice and I think has since moved on with her life and yeah. is probably chilling a bit more and studying and enjoying all of that. All the other good, nice things in life. Good um, then another wonderful guest that we had on, that was a really nice was um, a inter- one, interview, was with uh, Dario Macari, yeah. who was from the Macari dynasty of Dublin chippers, fish and chip shops. Um, and he told us about one of the weirdest things I think I've ever heard in my life, which was the, was it Ireland, Ireland Fest? Fest? Ireland Fest in rural Italy. Every August they have this, ton- this thing called Irish Fest. And what they do is they basically set up the town. They actually bring... Their, there are no chippers in Italy. Well, there are, like, you know, there's no, like, Ireland you'll find yeah. A, yeah. a chip shop or a, a whatever everywhere, but there's none there, so it's not really, a, it's pizza shops. Yeah. And what they'll do is they'll actually bring in a, a frying range into the, into the village and Amazing. they have a big festival and there's there's drinks and there's fish and chips for that. Then they come from all the surrounding towns and I it's want to become to this that. big yeah. thing. So, and there'll be your contingents, like, you know, go, suppliers who supply the industry, like, would always send people over and nice. it's become a kind of big thing. So there's, 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 a, there's a huge link there. Like, yeah, that so. sounds deadly. That sounds it sounds so good. Really strange. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just a completely, completely yeah. unique thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that was Irish Fest, which it was definitely one of the strangest things I've ever heard of. I still can't picture it. Can you? Yes. I you can, can picture it okay. as like a very specific trade event. Junkety kind yeah, of vibe. Totally yeah. For people involved only in that industry. And I don't think it's like, I think if you were in Milan, they would say, huh? Yeah. Like they wouldn't know what Ireland Fest was about at all. But I think if you're coming from Val del Camino in the very, very south of Italy and much of your family has emigrated and gone over there and like, yeah, this is the, these are the specific events held for you and your people. I totally get that. But whenever I try to visualise it, yeah. I think of a beautiful um, foothills of a mountain range mm-hmm. setting and loads of people just wearing like those big, stupid St. Patrick's Day hats. I, and I don't think it's I anything like that, but that's just, that's where my head I always wonder, goes. It's really strange. Far off. Maybe not, mm. maybe not indeed. And then, following that, we spoke with uh, J.B. McMahon, and that was one of the, like, really lovely interviews. I think we totally fell in love with that guy um, after that because he was talking about writing his book um, and working on um, Irish produce. And that was kind of, think, the inspiration for us to invite him back later on as well and talk to him about the... Like Irish food culture. That was it, We yeah. had a debate at the Fumbly, which was part of the Fumbly's um, autumn series of events. Um, and yeah, it was a really interesting one, wasn't it? Because we both... both. I still don't know where I stand on Irish food culture. It's yeah, funny, same. I thought about it this morning when I was preparing for for recording this afternoon. And I was thinking back over... Anybody who listened to it might remember we'd March McAnumra, the food historian, and J.P. McMahon, the chef from Galway, on this live debate at the Fumbly talking about where Irish food culture is. Has it become very sophisticated? Is there a pure Irish food culture? And like... There's amazing stuff happening in in Irish food. There's absolutely no doubt about that. We've loads of interesting influences. We're all reaching way further back than just like the humble spud. You know, people are starting to explore our older, deeper history around food. But I still think we're like, there are things we're really not great at. So I'm just going to say it because I think like we we don't have a great, rich culture recently. No. 
of Irish food. We have a great rich culture of getting locked. And we are still even, moving out of that but thing. Even, even when you're talking about recent food, I'm still not there with it. Yeah. Talk, looking back historically and how, looking at how we just always exported stuff. You know, we were you know producers of fine food, but we were selling it in order we never to knew buy what to do with craft it food. In a sexy I mean? way. You know, yeah. it's, we're I only think, learning that now. Now is the time when we're doing that. Yeah. And uh, I think that's why it was really great to talk to JP about that. Yeah, kind of stuff, so sorry, Marching. Disagreeing yeah. with you on that one. Uh, JP shared some of his thoughts um, in this clip about just when he realised food's potential and I think it's really poetic and nice and certainly one of the, the, the fine, my defining moments was um, uh, well it wasn't really a defining moment it was just in a sandwich but it was the first time it was the first time my mum had put salt on a tomato and it was actually that was for your father you shouldn't eat in that sandwich um, and then I but then I realised I was like oh my god the tomato tastes louder I remember thinking god the tomato tastes really loud and then and then I realised that flavour that you could uh, you could augment Flavour was before that I always just thought food tastes like X or food tastes like Y. That was JP McMahon talking about a sort of a tomato symphony, which I just found really so nice. Great and I love that idea. Loud. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes you and I have really weird terminology for the way it's like, that tastes really round or something. Yes. And when you heard him describe the tomato as being loud, I was like, I totally get that. I remember one time talking to Keith Coleman about flavour and seasoning and and thinking about how I often describe things and I kind of think about things as being like and was he talks about a, a symphony I would think about things often as being a chord and yeah. having like a bass note and then yeah, like yeah, yeah. A, a, a larger like a, like a higher peak on top of that and something yeah. that creates like a whole chord like the one would strum it and that's kind of how you think yeah. about seasoning whereas Keith was talking about something much rounder and how how he would think about things filling space. Yep. And it was all about our visualisations of, 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 of how you can articulate that yeah. strange sensation. Of and ultimately that, yeah. you're always talking about lots of aspects coming together, yes. whether they're spaces in a room yes. or layers upon layers of sound yeah. or colour or whatever it is. But yeah, I have... I would probably be more of the Keith variety Okay, in that one. I'm, I'm always... Almost trying to fill in four corners of a space. Oh, I see. When I'm cooking, gotcha. Yeah. So that was a really, yeah, it was a beautiful insight to get from JP on that, and 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 yeah, allowed tomatoes. Only allowed brilliant. tomato. Yeah. Gorgeous. Another really enjoyable person that we spoke to uh, on the show was Joe Mackin of the Joe Burger Empire. You loved Joe Mackin. I have loved him because he time. called you Flash Harry, <laughs> and then I think you adopted a bit of that. You got your hair did. You got a gold chain. You're like Flash Harry's here, y'all. <laughs> I think he may even influenced oh a bit God. of a makeover I afterwards about I just thought of that this morning when I thought about Flash Harry I thought Flash Harry then emerged from I the shadows once you got that, that nickname because yeah. I got so many texts from pals that day just being like Ha-ha, yeah. Flash Harry a little bit Flash oh my God, that's who I am now why were you Flash Harry because you'd been, because on, loads been on loads of holidays yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, we spoke to Joe uh, about a variety of things but he spoke to us a lot about like the hardship again a bit like Michelle the hardships mm. of like running a business and, and he's got five if not six restaurants under his belt at any one time um, and so we spoke to him about the 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 crap that goes with it and that is you know that's the hard part and I still find that it's hard you can't go into the kitchen and create menus and run that part of the business and have to look after all the challenges that are coming with it and like it's simple things like HACCP standards chefing rostering that's basic. And then you have to look after the margins, how much money you're making off the food, how much money you're spending on staff. Then you have to go how the restaurant operates, how the drinks operate. And then if you go and look at the books, it's like, it's such a breadth of stuff. Huge. And that is the biggest challenge. It's, it's, it's so multifunctional. Mm-hmm. 
And did you think at the start that you could manage all that yourself and try to do it? Oh yeah, of course. I did. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, everyone does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, like, I, 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 I'd open another hair restaurant. We'd open, like, and I don't, don't want you to hair but we'd open another restaurant that's doing really, really well. Yeah. I, geez, I thought it was invincible. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, and you know, it, the part of like when you've got a restaurant that's boom and everyone's coming in the door, you're at partying every night of the yeah, week. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're sort of like, you know, you're living on a high. Do you know, Monday morning, you catch up? Monday morning, <laughs> the, and the accountants come knocking. Yeah. That's the. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> but, you know, it is a challenge, but it is actually nearly the most important business, especially in the casual business. So that was Joe Macken being gas. That was Joe Macken being gas. Yeah. Being gas and um, like Frank. You know, I think he was, yeah. he was really good at that. He's really good at like not talking rubbish to you, but no. but but wrapping it up in yeah, charm. Really you know? straightforward, yeah. but really gas as well yeah. at the same time. Yeah, he was very enjoyable to interview. I think we just laughed our whole way through that one. Totally, we? yeah. yeah a total roaring laughing. That guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's super. great. And then after that, we also spoke, well, it wasn't in that same episode, but we spoke to my old thesis supervisor and um, hero. Ah, <laughs> uh, be still. Martine McNamara, who I've passed over to be your hero now. Yeah. I think so. I'm potentially going to be my lecturer come September yeah. if I do um, get into this Master's in Gastronomy and DIT. So yeah, looking forward to that and very so, much. Yeah, Martine, we spoke to first in this episode when we were talking about um, cuddle and... Food history and generally food history in Ireland, Dublin food yeah. history. Yeah, we were talking about something more specific that it was Dublin mm. food history. And uh, he gives us a little... Uh, anecdote of really how territorial some people are over Irish cuisine. And down in Limerick Prison, they nearly went on strike because it says, we're not eating that Dublin stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't want it. They had to take the cuddle off the, wow. the, the Midlands, I think, and the Limerick jails. And yet it was the most popular in Mount Joy and Wheatfield. <laughs> so it shows you that there really is a regional really? aspect to it. That was a lovely interview with the Gravediggers, where they have some of the nicest cuddle in all of the world, I would say, yeah. if not the best. And were you just were over the I had it again, not just uh, this weekend, but with my dad two weeks ago. And it's really delicious. Yeah, all the time. It's so good. Well, it's up the road. It's like 10 minutes walk from my house. Totally. Also, yeah, and it's it the is, most magical pub. Like. And also now in this time of year, one yeah. thing to know about... Uh, Gravediggers is that if you are looking at Gravediggers and in the like outside the front on the far right corner I don't know why I'm telling this because it's like the best secret um, is that that's the last drop of sun that uh, you'll get yeah. <laughs> in all of Dublin you can sit in that corner there and they'll give you plastic pints to bring outside yeah. and you can get sun right up until 9.30pm yeah. in that corner and that is Gravediggers it's gorgeous yeah, it's so good I was there the other day and like started the day at the well not started like went out to the um, to first swim at the Bull Wall in the afternoon and then went up to the Gravediggers and it was like Dublin in slow mo. Like yeah. it was just the most peaceful day I've had in the city this in is, about this two years. Dublin's the best. I'm divine. just cycling yeah. around, loving yeah. my life at the moment. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. The weather. Yeah, it's such a nice, such a nice old town when the sun shines. So lovely. So lovely. Who so, did yeah. we speak to next? Then who did we love? Oh, who did we love next? We loved Eva from uh, the wonderful Asian Eva Market. Eva from the Asian Market. Oh my yeah. God, that was a was great such a nice tour. tour. Had yeah. such a nice time with that. That was around the time of the Chinese New Year, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. that's exactly what it was. And they were um, hosting tours at the time based on that. And so we got to chat to them um, about kind of the different communities that they um, provide for and how the family got started and, and who they were. And then we had a great time eating um, some delicious snacks. So. Pumpkin seedy treats, mm. yeah. Have you tried the watermelon seeds? No, I have not. Yes. So, you wanna, shall we open one and try oh, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a plan. Okay, can we get yeah. Ian to help us open it up? Okay, so watermelon seeds are a really famous kind of... Um, like a snack in China mm. and they have it they would eat this like you know in cinemas like popcorn when they're watching movies everything so you try and crack it open at the top between oh, yeah. your teeth okay 
Mm. Oh, it spits perfectly. Oh, wow, yum. They're caramelized, huh? Exactly. Mm. So basically, um, so they're not like just mm. normal sunflower seeds. Oh, no, they're delicious. There's a lovely taste from the Holy outside mouth. of the skin. Mm. Of the that was like a little taste explosion, wasn't it? Boom. Are you getting it? So would you believe I um, actually just finished off that pack of watermelon seeds, not pumpkin seeds, sorry, um, in me gaff this morning. Is that so? Yeah, I was cleaning out me cupboards good. and yeah, they were fine. Like, Great. Things like that last forever, don't they? So from one new year to the next. Exactly. Yeah. But it was a really nice tour and like, I love all the Asian supermarkets around Dublin. They're super and they're really fun to explore. But that one, the way it's laid out, yeah, it's, it's really evocative of... Parts of it are quite evocative of a street market. Yeah. Um, it's really colourful. It's really beautiful. It's actually really fun to visit, aside from no, all the we, cool things we that said they sell it at there. the time, and we'll say it again. It's one of those places where you can go and um, spend your money and feel be good about yourself. Yeah. In the same way that you might go and get a nice pair of shoes or yeah. a nice blouse. It's <laughs> a nice blouse. Yeah. yeah it's, it's treaty shopping. Totally. It's exploration shopping. And yeah. it's kind of like a, a living museum because you learn loads of stuff about different food totally, and different cultures actually, yeah. by just going in there for a buzz around it's really mm. really nice it's cool we went to Grafton Street then oh and this From was probably Street like to Grafton Street. easily one of my top faves of the year um, top faves an absolute love letter to beauty <laughs> yeah. this place that we both have such warm feelings towards and we met with the wonderful Cole, who's the managing director there at the Beaulies in Grafton Street now who showed us around and gave us loads of time and just you could you know, told us all about the history of the place and the refurb they've done and all that went into that and their hopes and dreams for it. But like, above all, you could just feel the love that he has for the place mm. himself, you know? Yeah. Um, and he has such a strong sense of history and of Beaulieu's place in Dublin as a as a cafe, but also a place where lots of literary characters and artists yeah. and such have been associated with and passed through. It's role beyond providing coffee and cake. Oh, way beyond. Yeah. yeah, like just such a beautiful place for people to work in, but also a beautiful place for people to have an old wash in so, as well. So I, I suppose the funniest story is is about Brenda Bean, yeah. uh, who would have been a, a, a regular here. And there's a, a hand dryer uh, downstairs today in just beside the, the bakery. And um, he used to come in here after a night out and, and he would have a sort of a cat wash and a oh, coffee. Wow. Okay, and, 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 <laughs> this was his bathroom. <laughs> this, I'll have to show you the thing, but he, like he would stand over to dry himself. <laughs> well, and that, I guess that was kind of accommodated and and. Uh, uh, I'd say tolerated. Just about, yeah. Just about. Just so that was the lovely Cole talking about Brendan being using the place as his bathroom as well as a place to get a cup of coffee after a session more. And um, you know, I use nice hotels as my bathroom as well. Go on, Harry, tell us more. <laughs> a few just, insights into your like life. It's not only Brendan Bean who gets away with that stuff. Too, yeah, yeah. Where did you last have a... a... Shelburne. <laughs> yes. Like, just use the bathroom. Okay. Do you know what I mean? To, to wash your whole body or just to use? Do, you know what? To freshen up. Whatever you're having. If you, you know need to mean? Like, up. if you want to feel nice. I don't know, I think that Dublin has got, still got those really nice places around there. And it has some lovely bathrooms. Totally. Yeah. And My like, favourite is Neary's. No, go away. Neary's okay. bathroom's really nice and it's all The cold. last jacks are not nice in Neary's. The women's bathrooms are very nice and they're upstairs also... Uh, they're only upstairs. Okay, yeah. Which means that you don't even have to pretend sort of, oh my, oh, for my mel- yeah. Guinness, uh, back in a second, you just march okay. up and nobody says boo to you. Gotcha. Very luxurious. Right. 
There used to be a nice bathroom downstairs in Brent Thomas, but it's become kind of trashy. I see. Yeah. I was gonna... So you know, guys. <laughs> Mark no. So you know too, don't pretend. Yeah, we all know. I do like I've never had a shower in there though. No, like, not a real full of stood there yeah. taking my top off and had a big hose down right there. <laughs> but anyway, we're getting a little bit off piece here. Well anything goes in beauties. <laughs> this is true. Um so the last clip that we're gonna talk about was the wonderful Anna Rotore who is a PhD candidate at DIT um, and her, if you remember, her research is on edible insects. She Ed, was one of our first guests as well. Exactly, yes. Yeah, which is a word she taught me. Yeah, she yeah. taught us many, many things. Many things. Um, and we would have loved actually to have her back on to see how her uh, research is going but it turns out that she is writing her, she's literally at the very end of writing her um, thesis at the moment so she's up the walls, stress out the wazoo. So yeah, we I just checked in with her recently and we wish her all the best in yeah. her doctoral research and writing her thesis and we'd love to have a look at it when it comes out and maybe read out some gas parts from it. But I in the meantime, that, yeah. you might remember this. Back in Italy, I participated in a cooking event uh, that was was uh, taking um, Venetian traditional uh, recipes done with insects. Oh, wow. So wow. I had this uh, risotto with uh, locustos ah. and I had a salad with silkworms. Instead, more recently, I went to Food Matters Live uh, food exhibition in London mm. and there were a lot of companies who were giving tastes uh, about insects. Mm. The one that I really liked uh, in that occasion was uh, a fat-bottomed ant. Fat-bottomed dance, yes. A big fat-bottomed dance. Exactly. I love that it. The... Oh, yeah. Fat-bottomed dance is still really good. That's I still love that. It still me. gets me, yeah. yeah a I year really on. I that episode uh, a good few months ago now, but I went back I just to, I, because I listened to them, whatever. Um, the odd time. The odd time. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, that still makes me laugh loads to hear yeah, about a fat-bottomed bottom dance. dance. Yeah. such a child. Oh yeah, but she knew she was going to get a lot of She was great. Um, so on the subject of fat bottom ants yeah. and their relatives, um, <laughs> you're like my podcast husband. Yes, that's and true. And a nice podcast wife might bake something for a podcast husband. Oh my God, what did you do? Anniversary. What did you do? Oh, I just made some delicious cookies. Oh. And in those cookies we've got, um, let's see, this is chocolate and yeah. pecan. Yeah. And... Um, uh, linseed for your health for your and health. oats yeah. and crickets. Oh, wow. So you'll enjoy that. Crickets. And I'm going to indulge in a raisin, linseed, oat and buffalo worm biscuit. <laughs> mm. So yeah, I, put, I, I met Anna last week okay. as a fun surprise for us and knocked up a few little cookies this afternoon. When you said that, I was just thinking like, but you don't even like raisins. And I'm like, it's full of buffalo it's worm. It's full I of buffalo. I can, I can get over the raisins. Although... Mm, Oh, mmm. Tastes like a biscuit. This does taste like a biscuit. With a slightly meaty undertone. Um, I have to say, when I was cooking them, um, this is grand. Once you wet the insect flour, yeah. a heavy, dank sort of smell develops in the you kitchen. Know, I have, have you come across that before. before? Yeah. One time I tried to make focaccia with it, mm. and the smell of it. Was Cured disgusting. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was just. I was excited about it up until mm. I was using it. <laughs> I had a lot in of windows PA. open in the house today. <laughs> oh, there's a bit of an aftertaste, but it's not bad, right? No, it's no, certainly so, not bad. No, no, no. If you gave that to somebody, they wouldn't be like. I actually gave some as a tester to the guys here at Headstuff yeah. um, before we came on uh-huh. to start recording, um, and one knew, and yeah. the other did not know what he was eating, and neither of them could detect a thing. 
Oh, I see. And they were quite into them. Okay, cool. You know, they started saying, uh, spice, nutmeg, and I was like, no, crickets. Mm. And so what's the deal? Is this, like, is there no flour in this at all? There's plenty of flour in that. Okay. The thing with, um, the thing with cooking with insects, okay. I've discovered, yeah. is that, um, well, there's obviously no gluten in okay. your um, flour. So you'd have a very crumbly mess if okay. you didn't put um, some sort of wheat flour or spelt flour or something in there. I see. So I subbed out, like, 40% of the flour and subbed in um, 40% of 40%. the 40%? Yeah, okay. I was recommended to do 20 and it yeah. worked fine with 40. Wow. There's a lot of sugar in them so that's obviously keeping them together. Okay, I was kind of holding it together mm. or something. And like also this. masking <laughs> the yeah. cricket flavour. So yeah, mm-hmm. what do you think? I think would you Would is... you cook with them for a little protein hit? I, so, right. So save the, way, the planet. I feel like the way that they are marketed now mm. is for kind of bodybuilding. Like me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Eva is beautifully slender. I love it. Mm. <laughs> and so, anyways, the thing I think the thing about the way that it's marketed right now is that it's kind of focused towards kind of bodybuilding and muscle mass building. And generally in that industry, I think people are not concerned with how stuff tastes. Yeah. Do you know, it's like... I'm not as much, yeah. All these egg Fuel yolks, that thing. Your egg whites. Fuel that build. Fuel that build. Fuel but, that bicep. But this is good. You know, this is, you know, if you're thinking about... Uh, what we were talking to Anna Rotore about, which was yeah. uh, sustainability, was the theme of that, and not you know getting you know buff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that totally, totally, you can take this on board, and you can and you can incorporate this and have loads of fun. I would say figuring it out. Yeah, definitely. I think yeah. like it's not. It obviously just it doesn't just have um, sweet applications. Mm-hmm. You could definitely lash a bit of this into a. Uh, like a veggie burger and make it not veggie anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you look so enticed I'd by say that. The, I don't know. I feel like the sugar is really helping this out at the moment. I think so. Yeah. But I have to say, I jabbed my finger in both of them mm-hmm. before I baked them. Yeah. They don't really taste of anything much. The thing they I, smell more than they taste. I would, I, I would hazard a guess that in the variety of insects there are, there's as much flavour differentiation as there is in the variety of sure. spices. Yeah. Do you know? And we might say mealworm is dank. Um, much like fenugreek is. Sure. But I yeah. really, really like cinnamon, so I really like, you know, meat, ants. buffalo. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. yeah, nice spicy, spicy ant. Yeah. Ants are spicy, aren't they? They, they have a little heat to them. Uh, yeah, I've had delicious mm. ants in Mexico, like yeah. yeah, like kind of limey almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had delicious uh, tarantula in Cambodia, um, which just tasted of the garlic and chilli that it was deep fried with. Beautiful. You know, crunchy yeah. thing. Yeah. Until I got to the middle of the body and I was like, there's a lot of texture here. <laughs> you know, that feeling where you're like, I'm going to be brave, but yeah. 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 A lot of things are crunching and squelching in my mouth. <laughs> so yeah, that is just a little old treat for my top fave um, podcast co-host. Oh, well, thank you. Has you're my top fave Brought podcast. you insects. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, these biscuits are actually delicious. Um, I'm 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 totally into it, and these raisins are a treat. Uh, would you be able to tell me how to make it? Well, would you look at that? Just an ideal opportunity for a big shameless plug Gorgeous. of a new cooking class that I have coming up at the lovely Fumbly Stables. Um, I've been running them all year; they're going really well. It's a six-week kind of introduction to fun cooking course, but it's for people of all ages, all ability, all interests. We do loads of different things, and I'm very much led by the people in the class as to what we do week by week. What was the last thing that you did with the class? The last thing that I did with my last class, we did actually a kind of a modern Irish evening, and we oh, did great. mussels with cider and gubbin chorizo, which was so. Oh, delicious. Okay, great. Yeah, we milled through those delicious mussels um, and we made, the week before that, we did a beautiful like rhubarb 
and custard ice cream using the end of this season's rhubarb. So yeah, right. loads going on. Okay. Loads of cool techniques to learn. Loads so fun. people, folks just get themselves onto Google and, fum- and go uh, Fumbly Stables. Fu- yeah, Fumbly Home Cooking Class okay. at the Fumbly Stables. Great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that is our lovely year in review. Um, looking forward to doing lots more fun episodes over the next few months. Yeah, great. And maybe more. Thank you for listening to this episode of With Relish. We'd like to thank all our guests over the whole year who took time out to come in and speak to us and I hope they're all delighted to hear themselves on the show again this week. As mentioned at the beginning of the show, we're a fortnightly podcast, so make sure to check out headstuff.org for our next show. You can download the show on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn and all the usuals. If you like what you heard, please let us know by writing us a review or following our Instagram page at With Relish Pod for more info on the show. Thanks, Mel. Thanks, guys. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.